Welcome to another edition of the Instant Journeyman Podcast, Whatever Wednesday series. That's where we have guests from all over the map to talk about anything ranging from sports to politics, musicals, food, and even safety, or really whatever we want to talk about. Uh, So please enjoy. All right. And today's guest is none other than the 2020 most downloaded guest, Cassidy Nicholas. Uh, Cassidy uh, joined today uh, to talk about postpartum, uh, postpartum everything, workouts, um, you know, back to the podium for racing, uh, breastfeeding for an athletes, and uh, that pesky four-letter word everybody hates, diet. Uh, and we, we had a great time. Uh, I think that you are going to thoroughly enjoy it. So take a look. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, do, do this so we can see the whole tattoo, though. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> um, all right. Welcome back, uh, Cassidy. Cassidy, you Hi. you are our most downloaded uh, guest from last year, and I I owe you a a, a championship belt. It's gonna be like our uh, we're gonna do that every year. I owe it to you. I uh, I just haven't placed the order. You know, COVID gets in the way. <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna stop pretty soon, <laughs> but I'll try to keep it. For 2021 via this podcast it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a quote-unquote epic um yes. so uh real quick you are uh you are back and you are you know doing some things that i saw on instagram and i was like wait that's a pretty cool topic to talk about uh not from you know not from my standpoint like i i don't you know breastfeed and that's what we're going to talk about uh um and I, I was in you, you said like, you know, should I just stick to, you know, on your Instagram feed, you said, should I just stick to fitness or would you, you know, talk about this? And you had literally had a picture of you breastfeeding Jaxby. And I was like, let's talk about that on the podcast and, uh, and have a, you know, have a conversation. Yeah. So I wanted to have you on. I wanted to, you say that again? As a guy. Yeah. As a guy. I appreciate yeah, well, good. I they, and that's and that's the thing is like I want it to be open. I want I want men, women, you know, anybody to listen to the podcast and and learn stuff. And I think that you know, breastfeeding is is taboo, uh, but also I think that it's something that guys should know about as well, uh, especially if you have a, a partner that does it and you you know you want to you know just understand what they're going through. So let's go ahead and dive in. Um, Jaxby is now thirteen months. I saw. Yeah. 13. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and you're still breastfeeding. I, now this is me being naive. This is me being a dude, right? I don't, is that normal? Is that not normal? Like how long do people normally breastfeed for? Um, I have no idea what is normal. Actually, that might be a good stat to look up like on average, but the thing is, First of all, that story that I posted with a poll, me breastfeeding, I said, you know, are you interested in hearing more about how I'm, you know, training hard, competing, still breastfeeding, and, or would you like to just hear more about fitness? And a lot of people responded, a lot of women DM responded with like, um, 
you know, this is so awesome or like, thank you for sharing. I went to two years. I breastfed for three years and not like trying to one up me being like, hey, like I appreciate this is something that should be talked about more. I did this too. And one girl even said, like, I wish I shared about this more, but I was afraid it would look like, you know, gloating. And um, she breastfed. I forget how much it was, 18 months or two years. So like I said, some people go two years, three years, like a long time. Um, a lot of people never breastfeed. So I think it would be really interesting to see if there is an so average. I, I just pulled it up. Is. I just pulled it up. I have to do all my own stuff. I don't have somebody to help me out here. So um, it said that uh, the World Health Organization recommends exclusive breastfeeding, no other fluids or solids for six months, and then continued breastfeeding combined with solid foods for two years or as long as the mother and baby desire. Yeah, so that's the recommendation. I wonder what it actually is, but that was my kind of goal. My goal was six months. So um, I didn't know how hard or difficult or easy it would be, but I just said to myself, I want to do six months. I was assuming more toward it would be really difficult. And it is and it isn't. I mean, some people have difficulties latching or getting started or this and that, but it's really demanding. It's really time consuming, but it's not really difficult. I mean, there's a lot of natural instincts that kick in where it's just part of being a mom, which is part of why like being like moms are amaze me so much. Even like, especially moms of multiples, like I'm just amazed with all moms. But so I, what I did was I went exclusively till six months and then she had been going to daycare since four, since four months. So I had to pump while she was at daycare and I was like, obsessed with like keeping my supply up and like, oh, I got to pump every two hours or else it's going to go away. I was also starting to train again. I live in Southwest Florida. I'm sweating a lot. So I need to hydrate a lot. It was getting a lot to keep up with. And it's so funny, like all the things breastfeeding related or not, just having a newborn baby or just have, being a new mom, the things that I think about that I worried about now that I can, obviously it's just part of it, what it is, being a new mom, that I just like kind of laugh at myself at how concerned I was and how much you read and, and think about it when it really is such a natural thing. And like people ahead of me tell me like your baby will tell you. And like that's what we've kind of come to. So anyway, let me go back. Six months exclusive, but she was at daycare and it was getting harder to pump. So I didn't have any extra to send her um, breast milk any longer. And so I started supplementing with formula. And then from there, we're now 13 months or from six months until now, it was just kind of gradual reducing um, nursing sessions and, and, and putting a bottle. Now we are at um, one feeding per day. So it was, I nursed two to three times a day up until only like two months ago. And she just, like people say, she will tell you. So I was nursing her before bed. She stopped taking it. So it just, it happens very naturally. And I am shocked that I went this long. Like if you told me when I was a new mom that I was going to go past a year, I'd have been like, oh, hell yeah, go me. Like, that's crazy. That's awesome. But it doesn't feel like that impressive to me now. It just is like so natural that I said to somebody is like, it would be now it's going to be harder to stop than it is to keep going. Like it's a very, I'm very kind of attached to the, to the process and I don't have any plans. I'm not going to make plans. I don't have any expectations on now when she's going to stop. Now, as of now, I don't feel like I want to be one of those moms that like your kids can like run up to you and ask for it and like, you know, but we're only nursing once in the morning. So I don't think that's going to be a thing. Tell me soon-ish 
that she's she's done with it, but I'm gonna keep going as long as I yeah. Can. It's it's funny you say that because I think there's a stigma to to breastfeeding, especially when the kid gets older. I mean, it was in the movie. You remember the movie Grown Ups? Um, I know of it. I don't think I actually. Oh that. well, it's it's there's there's it's with Adam Sandler and all like everybody, and there's a part in there where uh, Kevin uh, James is is son is breastfeeding he's like four years old or something like that and he's like does it does it hurt your wife's uh breast when uh his his uh his his five o'clock shadow hits it and, and he like it's like it's like that so like i always think like all right is it you know what's the appropriate amount and and again this is not something i think about on a daily but when it, it gets brought up i'm like what is the appropriate amount and you know that sort of thing yeah so the thing is breast milk is like the most insane superfood on the planet. So I think that as long as, I mean, even for four years old or however somebody wants to go, I'm no judge of that. I mean, it's interesting when it gets to be that, that old, but I mean, you're providing your kid with like this, like super, superly nutritionally packed thing. It's just, it's an amazing thing. So <coughs> it's hard to knock on somebody for giving your kids the, the healthiest thing you could put in their body. Right. That's, that's, that's fair. And, and now you, you I mean, uh, right, right. I don't think we're, we're going to reach any point where you're like, ah, I don't want to talk about that. But at, at any point, was it like, did you not produce enough breast milk? Like I know, um, well, I'll just say, I, I know like my wife, her, she had, she had trouble producing enough milk, um, you know, for, for the, the, the kids. Yeah. So that's apparently a thing. And that's what I thought. And that's what I was afraid of. So when my supplies started going down, you know, you're just like exploding for the first few months. And when it starts to settle, you kind of, especially as a first time mom, you, you kind of panic. And I remember even posting Instagram stories. Like I was drinking the tea. There's like so many natural things that you could do, you know, drink these teas, there's lactation bars. Basically all of them are versions of some herb containing like herbs, like fenugreek. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, that help increase. There's all these tricks. So I'll get all these DMS with all these tricks but what I realize in retrospect now is like, is that, is it really a problem or is that really just your body's naturally giving you less because you need less? And how do you know that it's not enough for your baby because it's not coming out of the pumping machine like it used to? Because that's something somebody else told me. They're like, don't be alarmed if like, you know, it's not the, the, the amount that they get when they're actually nursing on the boob is um, more than what you see coming out of the pump. So, cause babies are just so much more efficient at getting it out. So when, you know, I was able to pump and get like a six ounce bottle, a six ounce bottle, six ounce bottle. And then all of a sudden you could barely get two ounces. You start to panic. You're like, I'm not producing enough. Right. But now, listen, I don't know. Maybe there is an issue like that, but now I, I tend to think, is that the case? Or is it just like the natural process of, you know, supply leveling out, or maybe the baby doesn't need as much, but it really is a, it, it is a thing of supply and demand. And I used to, like I said, be obsessive about it. Like you need to do it every two hours or I'm going to lose my milk. Like, but now I'm a lot more relaxed about it, which is why, especially why I was nursing two to three times before I was still like, Oh, like if I nurse just once a day, it's just going to go away. But I've been doing it for a couple months and it's not. So, um, yeah, not to like discount women who stop because their supply is low. Uh, I don't know their experience and I don't know if that's actually a medical thing. But in my experience, 
maybe that's okay. Like maybe I didn't need to panic. I should have just gone with the flow and, right. you know. And <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's a, a good way of, uh, you can only share your experience, right? You can't speak on other people's behalf. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a good way of looking at it. Um, yeah. Trying to get, there are ways to get it up and it is a supply and demand. So you do, but if, but the supply, the demand right now is one time a day and my body somehow knows that. So for 24 hours, she doesn't have anything, which I think is pretty amazing. And my body's just ready after 24 hours. Like if you would have told me that before, I'd have been like, oh no, it's just going to go away if you're only feeding once a day. But your body is really smart, a women's body, especially when it comes to the baby. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so two things. One, uh, you shared when you did your, your high rocks, uh, world championship or I don't know if it's world championship or Hyde Rocks championship whatever it is uh, I, I don't know but um, I but I think they call it like the championship of fitness so it's kind of confusing that's like their their you know tagline but this was not, it was just a normal competition okay so when you when you did that before again uh, you, you you were you were pumping milk out before a race I think it was was that something you shared on, on Instagram? I think it was you, that you were like getting getting out of, you know, getting it out of your body or something like that. Yeah, yeah, at the race. So at that point, oh, so I, yeah, I did my first competition a couple of months ago. Was it even that much? It was not even no, that like much. Two, it was maybe five. Two weeks ago, right? Or, I think it was like at least a month at this oh. point. But yeah, so like I said, I, I packed up the pump and I put it away months ago and I realized like, why am I doing this? That That part sucks way more than nursing, by the way. Uh, but I went away, I left Jacksby with my mom here at my house for the first time. And I, Alex and I flew and I was away from her for like almost 48 hours. And I, I don't have a pump. So there's something called hand expressing. If you don't know, it's essentially a fancy word for squeezing the milk out of your boob with your hand. So <laughs> since I had missed that morning feeding first time in forever, I wanted to just express express a little bit um into the sink at my hotel room that's what i was doing before my format race <laughs> that's uh that's awesome uh <laughs> so so let's get let's get into let's get into this and um and and talk about how you you know kind of made your way back to the podium right uh so uh, what i've seen is uh, you know you've You've gone from, you know, the highs of the high racing and always kicking ass. And then, you know, you started having some like minor health issues or I don't even know if you would call it minor or major or whatever, but just be feeling worn down always, always, always. And then you're like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on me. Then you end up having a baby. And then, you know, now you're like, hey, I'm feeling good. You know, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to start back up again. Uh, can you take us a little bit through that journey? I mean, we know since our, our last podcast, we know that you've, you've, and, and I, I know you don't like to say bounced back. Um, that was from the last conversation we had, but you, uh, <laughs> recovered, <laughs> you, you know, came back from uh, pregnancy pretty, pretty quick. So how, how, how did you, how did you come to wanting to race again? How did you come to, you know, and, and do you think that your body going through pregnancy and, you know, having, I guess it's a lot of hormones going through your body. Do you think that helps you? Gives you a little cutting edge? Ooh, I don't know about the hormones. The hormones probably are like the opposite, um, as far as hurting or helping, but regardless, um, having a baby helps for sure. Cause it makes you tough as shit. No matter, <laughs> no matter how, 
birthed your baby. Um, yeah, that, that kind of mental toughness and almost like, I don't give a shit like what these people think or like how I do. There's like a confidence, a new confidence that comes where it's like, this doesn't matter. Um, also, I can literally do anything. Also, I don't know, maybe it's just getting older. Um, yeah, there's like a confidence that comes with the strength of having had a kid and, and being a mother. Nice. So what, what, what made you go back to uh, the racing world? So I, we talked, I believe we were, I was seven months postpartum the last time we had a conversation. And I can't remember at that point if I said that I wanted to. I think it was like, oh, yeah, I think I want to. You're going to dabble, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was just honestly feeling ready. I mean, it came to a point like when you're recovering postpartum and rehabbing your body and then building your body back up, it's, it's uh, like painstakingly slow when you're in it, but it really is fast. Like, you know, a year is not a long time, but so it, there's scales to it. I mean, six, seven months postpartum when we talked, I started feeling, really started feeling myself, but it's all like scales and levels. So, I mean, so a few months after that, and like now, I feel way better than then. I feel really more like myself, or more like an athlete, I should say, more like my athlete self. Self. Um, so I guess it was just like a gradual. Okay, like now it feels good. Now I'm ready. Also, the prospect of being able to do it as a partner with um, Alex, because they have a they have a doubles competition, and so the way it works is you do all the running together, and then the fitness stations you split up, you go I go style, so one person works at a time. That particular race, it was like their first one back, so they were doing all this big talk around the top ten girls and guys, and I was in uh, conversations with High Rocks where they were. I would have been allowed to be in that that top 10 competing and I had the opportunity but I turned it down because um, I don't know I just wanted my first race back to be low pressure have fun and I thought like my best case scenario would be like between fifth and tenth place and I'm like what does that do for me yeah and I want to have a good experience when I come back so I you know I thought I could probably be on the podium with my husband or I can really really hurt myself and get ninth place you know so I mean who knows where I would have landed but um really that that was it so it's kind of fun to be able to go back and do it that way and it was it was honestly so much fun it was so different than any other competition I'd ever done because every competition you do I've done it's an extreme amount of pain I was talking about this with a friend just this last weekend who's saying how you know she's kind of stopped um doing Spartan races and stuff and how like the nerves end up getting like the best of you it's like all day you're like in a sweat making like multiple bathroom trips and you're it's just like ridiculous amount of nerves for coming up to that that start line so it was super nice to come back and not have that really at all because nobody really I mean it's it's fun I, I wish people would care about the doubles more because I think it's a really cool competition but there's not a lot of pressure there you know everyone focuses on the individuals um so I guess it was that too. And it was really fun for that reason. And because you have the recovery and I do epic interval training and that's literally what it is. We always like work, rest, work, rest. So it was perfect for me. And even though I pushed really hard, I never felt that like death, death, death feeling that I feel when I'm competing as an individual. I'm doing DecaFit next weekend in West Palm. And I, oh. I just said that I just got butterflies in my stomach <laughs> and I kind of got 
Like, it's ridiculous because I'm going to do that as an individual. And I know that it's, you know, it's 30 minutes or something, but it's going to hurt so bad. So I kind of have the itch to do high rocks a little bit as an individual, just out of curiosity of what time I would get. But whenever I think about that feeling, I'm like, no, like I'll, I'll have the deck of fit to do by myself. And then I'm going to do the uh, high rocks as doubles again with Alex and Austin the week later. So I think it's May 22nd. Um, so I forgot, I just went on kind of a tangent, but that was, I guess what got me back into it was that opportunity to do it as double. And that's my plan going forward. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I mean, how, how did you, how did you compete against, you know, if, and it's, it's kind of hard to say because you said there was like that rest period and whatnot, but do you think looking back at your past race, do you think that you would have competed pretty solidly against, you know, the individuals, or do you think it would have been a little bit, you know, like, no, I probably would have finished, you know, five through 10 easily. Yeah, I think that would have been it. I mean, I felt, I felt good, but there's, there's so many levels to this game, as you well yeah. know, like yeah. I'm not putting in the hours of training that a lot of these women um, do who do it more full time. I especially don't have the running background and I've just started building my running back up this year really for the first time in years like even when I was competing in Spartan I struggled to run consistently I'm running consistently for the first time in a really long time and High Rocks did a virtual competition actually um, a few weeks before the Dallas race and I did that with Sarah Harrison up in um, Tampa area and there was a two-mile time trial and I, f I forget the dates but I remember that it was actually eight weeks to the day that I started running for that two-mile time trial and, um, yeah, I mean, I think I did well. I've got top 10 in, in the virtual for like worldwide, but I was running, I ran 14 minutes so two, seven minute miles, which to a lot of people is very slow, but to me it's pretty darn good. So yeah, I just don't have the running background there, but I'm getting there. Um, also Alex and I had COVID like we just got over it like two weeks before Dallas. Yeah. I was, I was actually going to bring that up and see if you want to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, if I didn't have that, I would have been able to string together more training. But um, anyway, just another reason that it was better off that I did doubles. Yeah, and 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 so so out of curiosity, I mean, COVID. How did how did it hit you? How did it affect you? Because it, it affects everybody differently. I I know that like my parents both had COVID, and it affected them pretty pretty hard. Um, my wife had COVID, that affected her pretty hard as well. Uh, you know, then I have plenty of friends where like they just lost their taste you know, and, and smell. And then others, they had a cough. You're right. It's totally different for everyone. It's different for me and Alex. Um, I mean, I was sick. I was sick. Like I've been sick before. Uh, I was, you know, needed to spend a few days in bed. I was fatigued. I was achy. Uh, we lost taste and smell. I was way worse than Alex, but, uh, yeah. And it was two weeks probably. It was like probably four bad days of like, don't want to get out of bed. And then around that, like two weeks of just feeling crummy, but um, I'm, I'm happy to have had it and now I have many more. <laughs> um, so, so when you, when you go ahead and, uh, and say that, you know, you, you got sick and lost your taste of smell, did, did that like, I mean, you, you would just eat healthy generally and, you know, but did that, did that, uh, kick up your health? I always said, if I got COVID and I lost my taste, of t uh, like my taste, I would, I would eat like the healthiest as possible and I would be shredded by the end of 
COVID. <laughs> Fran lost Fran lost like fifteen pounds. Bizarre. It's such a bizarre feeling um, and experience. I it's it makes it difficult to eat. So I mean, it wasn't long enough. Luckily, I only lost it for like five days. Some people oh. months. But uh, yeah, it makes it really difficult to eat, and um, that's something. Talk when we if we want to talk more about breastfeeding and training postpartum, it's something that I really need to keep up. I really need to eat a lot. So, you know, it was difficult to eat, but not long enough. And you need to eat because breastfeeding takes a lot out of you. It takes a lot of the calories out of you, takes a lot of that, or just for the nutrients for Jaxby to get. Um, so one, yeah, breastfeeding is really calorically demanding. Like you need to eat more extra calories for breastfeeding than you do when you're pregnant, actually. Forget what the exact calorie increase is. But, you know, a few hundred extra calories a day just for breastfeeding. And then on top of that, I'm training hard. Um, and so I just, I just need to eat so many calories. And that's the biggest part about what people don't understand about um, – getting fit and getting toned as people like to say, I hate that word, but what they mean is, you know, muscle with the absence of fat, I think is what they mean, uh, which is being lean, having hard muscles, which really is just having muscles. <laughs> um, and that's, I think we talked about this on the last one and I would love to review just, just that because this is such an important point. So we, we, we yeah. Tagline for our last podcast was like six pack at six months postpartum, which is like really flashy. But people see me with um, abs, defined abs, you know, six months and now a year, whatever postpartum is, I guess, impressive. But here's um, three things. Number one, um, I had them before I was pregnant. So a lot of people were like, oh, I can't believe you did that. Like, I want to look like you after I had a baby. It's like, well, did you look like me before you had a baby? Like, <laughs> so it's, that, there's that. That's, this is what I looked like before. This is my, I guess, default of the recent years and what I've fallen into with the way I eat and the way I train. Um, Number two, genetics. I am this way largely because of my genetics. This is how, you know, it, no matter how, if you eat and train exactly like me, you won't look exactly like me because I'm me. I'm not you. I'm not anyone else. My body has created, I have this definition in my core. No, I didn't always have it, right? I, I only had this kind of looking core in the last, I would say, five, six years. And before that, I was training and eating hard. And yes, there were some changes that I made that I guess have attributed to having them be more defined. But some people, they can work as hard as they, as hard as they can. I shouldn't say that because that's another issue. It's not necessarily hard work. But anyway, they won't get defined abs because it's just not how they're made. Um, the third thing, the most important thing is I eat a lot. So People see abs and they think discipline, restriction, and hard work, right? Would you say that's true? They see yeah, abs, absolutely. abs, discipline, restriction, and hard work. And it's just not the case. Um, let's, break, let's break this down. Discipline. Um, yes, in my early 20s, I was very disciplined. I wanted a six-pack more than anything. Um, I was slightly softer than I am now. I was doing CrossFit. I was doing all this endurance training. I'm talking like early twenties in Malibu, new Spartan racing. Like I had a little bit, but I'm way more defined now at 32 after a baby than I was back then. 
and I was doing a lot of restricting and a lot of discipline and I, I had such a sweet tooth and I had to, you know, tell myself I could only have things on certain days and this and that and I, because I wanted that six pack, this, I don't know if you could hear that, my dryer is going to keep buzzing and buzzing until I tell it to shut up. Um, We're getting like a little MTV Cribs action here. I like yeah. that. <laughs> and so restricting discipline. So yes, I, I did that back then and it was unsuccessful because what I wanted then I have now, but like now I'm not, try not trying. Don't worry, I'll break this down. What I mean is I guess I've just, I've learned so much about my body and what it needs and, and how to eat that it doesn't take work. It's just how I eat. And I, I feel myself much better than I did before. And it's actually the opposite. It's not restricting. It turns out I need to eat more. Sure, more of the right things, but the right things aren't complicated. It's just real food. Like, I used to, like, for example, eat uh, a salad for lunch every day for years, like a big salad, probably with protein on it. But when I got pregnant, I, I stopped, I didn't, you know, it was one of the things that, um, what do they say? Not as, uh, whatever it was. I, I couldn't eat salad. I didn't want to see a salad. Yeah, it was weird. But, uh, and I haven't gotten my taste back for salad ever since. I never eat salads. I mean, rarely wow. with pizza or something, but I just don't like salad now for lunch every day. I'll have like a pound of ground beef and two cups of rice and, I'll try to get a vegetable in there, but I mean, honestly, and now that I, now I know that it's like my body needs a lot of quality food and it's not, it's not discipline for me. It's just the way I eat. It's definitely not restriction because I need so many calories. Like that's the biggest, I think misunderstanding. Everyone needs a different message, right? Some people do overeat and they do maybe need to, I don't want to say restrict, but, um, think about their choices. <laughs> uh, but a lot of people I would say that are in like the, you know, I'm semi-athletic, but I want to tone up and get in shape and I want to find arms and abs and this and that. They think what they need to do is restrict, but it's actually the opposite. I find that a lot of people are under eating when I actually get to the bottom of what they're doing every single day. So for me to overcome the breastfeeding from calories and the calories I need to breastfeed, the calories I need to train, um, it's, it's a lot of food and that it's, it's like, and also to prevent the fatigue and the stress of working out. If you're under eating, that's just another stressor for the body and that's going to spiral and go bad. I think that's what went wrong for me a few years ago. Um, and then the last point, when I, I said people see abs, they see discipline, restriction, and hard work. Hard work is relative. I mean, if you don't like working out at all, you might think what I do is hard work. And let's just talk about not when I'm competing to race, just when I'm training for maintenance and Just health. baseline. Yeah. Um, it's not hard work. I'm not like crushing myself every single day. I am moving in a way that feels good. I'm doing some strength. I'm doing some conditioning. Um, so it's not like I'm just crunching my face off all day. And some people might consider that hard work or I'm just doing a million burpees and, you know, paying for my food. That's a really backwards concept too, like working away food. But, um, so yeah. So is it uh, my, my, my question to you is, 
you can you can achieve what you have now by you know moderately working out now now i'm saying you not anybody that's listening because like you said everybody has a different body everybody has different you know base level and everything else like that so you could you could you do this could you have what you have right now by moderately working out right you work out six days a week now if not seven right um yeah i would say so i would say five five to seven okay so if you if you said hey i'm gonna i'm gonna transition i'm just gonna work out three to four days a week and i'm gonna continue to eat what i need to eat to fuel my body but I'm going to enjoy, like, do you enjoy burgers? Do you enjoy like pizza? I, I heard you mentioned pizza. Did, you know, did you enjoy pizza like every once in a while or is it like an every week thing? Like, cause when you say like discipline, you don't really have to be too disciplined. You, you still do in, in a sense, because I mean, you're, you, you're saying you don't have to be overly disciplined, but you still have to be disciplined. You can't just eat shit food and look the way you look. Right. Yeah, That's a great point. Yes, I, I mean, I had this, I had burger and Chinese this past weekend. I just on the way home stopped and I got two, two. This is four. This is two. Uh, uh, bagels with bacon, egg, and cheese. One bacon, egg, and cheese. One sausage, egg, and cheese. Two. Oh, that's awesome. Breakfast, I was very hungry. Now I'm very full. But, um, okay, discipline. That's a great point. So let me explain. So back, like I said, early 20s. I would have had to have discipline to not have that stuff more often or not have all this um, dessert or not have this, you know, these quote unquote cheat meals so often. But now it doesn't take discipline because now I've come to a rhythm where good food makes me feel good. Bad food makes me feel bad. So it's not as difficult. I also used to have such a sweet tooth or what I thought was a sweet tooth. Let me explain that in a second. But now it's like, I never understood the people that were like, oh, just have like a little bite of something. I'm like, no, I'm going to eat a package of cookies or a pint of ice cream or whatever. I'm like a shark to blood. If I get a little taste, I'm like head first. Yeah, it's you with a pack of Oreos. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why I haven't been like that recently. And I don't know exactly what it is. But one thing that I can say is this is a huge issue with people who want to like get in shape and lean down. The problem isn't what they don't know what to eat. It's that they're so used to eating certain things. So right now, if you told me that I had to move, to, move somewhere where the, the eating style was so different. Let's think of a, a country where India, India. Yeah. Perfect example. And I had to start eating Indian food every day. Like that would be really difficult to me. Cause I'm not easy. I'm not used to eating that food. Uh, likewise, if you told me, you know, I lived in America and you told me I had to start eating fast food every day, that would be really challenging for me because I'm not used to eating fast food every day. So if you apply that to people who are eating the standard American diet or even a pseudo healthy American diet. And what I mean by that is so many people that are trying to get fit and that are having like the salad for lunch and the low fat, this, and the, the, smoothie that comes in a thing that's really just like fruit and added sugar you know what i mean so like a suit even a pseudo healthy american diet where people are trying um it's gonna be really difficult for them to eat a pound of ground beef plain ground beef like i do with two cups of rice for lunch like that's just so foreign literally no seasoning uh, no, no seasoning. I mean, it's not like seasoning is bad. I just, I just don't mind bland food. So I'll like chop up an onion. 
a half an onion and I'll put like onion powder and garlic powder on the ground beef. That's it. So that is something that like people don't talk about with like with dieting and getting in shape and wanting to lean down. I can tell you what to eat all day, but it's going to be really difficult for you if that's not like part of your lifestyle. So <coughs> the things that we're used to eating, it's like really hard to untrain those like taste buds and those cravings, especially if you're eating a lot of sugar and processed food. That stuff is literally addictive. So you got to kind of slowly make changes and unravel the type of food choices you're making because everyone knows what's healthy by now. Everyone knows, I think they should know that whole food is the most important to you. What's a whole food? Has one ingredient. It is the food that it is. It is a bell pepper. It is an orange. It is a chicken, right? A whole food. Um, so that's, that's it. That's all you got to do is eat whole foods, but we're not used to it. It's going to be so, so hard. So for no, me, I, I think that's a good point. Yeah. But for someone else, it might take discipline to really, it's just retraining your body on kind of honestly, like your, your taste buds and, and your cravings, like I said, which go along with a lot of addictive American food. And now, uh, w did you have to retrain yourself? I mean, you are already eating semi-healthy before, and then, you know, you started eating healthier and healthier and healthier. <laughs> you still enjoy, you know, some, some, uh, I guess, you know, food porn, right? You still enjoy, you know, I, mean, I, I don't think a bacon, egg and cheese or a sausage, egg and cheese is a healthy, you know, meal. And I like, those are my go-to for breakfast. Yeah, it is. It's okay. <clears throat> Something that like, if you're having that every single morning for a year, not that healthy, just because the carb to protein ratio is probably a little bit off. You probably want a little more protein. Um, the carb source isn't that clean, for example, but if I'm at home, I'm going to make just like make my own eggs with my own toast or waffle or pancake. And just by the nature of it being made at home, it's usually going to be more healthy. I'm going to have avocado with it. Um, it's going to be a little bit better than if I was going and getting a bagel every single day. But at the end of the day, for me, where I'm at, a bacon, egg and cheese is going to give me everything that I need. It's going to fuel me. I need all the, I need a lot of calories. I was already behind in calories for the day because I had a late breakfast. So, oh, the other thing, so the biggest issues with, with changing eating, we talked about the fact that like getting used to new foods, it's like a huge thing. The other thing is like, this is going to get a, maybe a little hippy dippy, but like doing self work. So a lot of the eating that we do is emotional eating. And I'm not saying emotional eating is terrible. Like I love to have me some ice cream if I'm feeling sad now and then, or like, you know, or if I've like have my period or I'm, I'm, just, I'm in a certain hormonal phase of my menstrual cycle and I just need some comfort, you know, whatever. I'm not saying that that's bad, but when it's your lifestyle, like you're unhappy in your life and you're always eating for comfort, um, that's going to be a problem and that's going to take discipline. That's when like, you're going to need a lot of discipline to not eat that way. So I don't know if this is coming across right, but um, for example, when I dated Hunter, I had a half a bottle of wine every day <laughs> and, uh, all this dessert because I was extremely unhappy. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm half kidding. But <laughs> my life where I was eating more that way, um, every single meal was like, was comfort or looking for something to comfort me or satisfy me in some other way. I think a lot of people, this might be an unpopular opinion, 
but don't eat as healthy as they can because there's a lot more going on. But since I've, I've come to a, so you're originally asking me about, you know, do I do these cheat meals and stuff and how do I come to this point? It was just gradual. It was gradual knowing what my body needed, but also doing self work, working on myself, being happy and contented in my life where when I eat lunch, I'm going to eat what my body needs, not what like something just to like get a quick fix or satisfy me in some other way. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, it makes sense. I, I mean, I, I, I have the problem where I know what I need to eat. I know what it takes to be, you know, healthy eating and I will start on that path and then all of a sudden I'll be like, there's Oreos in the closet. Let's go ahead and take some of those. Um, I, I went through two family packs of Oreos in two weeks and, and it wasn't even two weeks. It was literally like four days uh, because it was like one week I ate. Yeah. One week I ate, you know, for two days, I ate just two sleeves each day. And, and I, like you said, you, you, like, I just, I, I eat until I'm sick. I just, there's something about Oreos that just get me that way. And yeah. my damn wife, she buys them for the kids and I, they never have, they have like maybe like three or four. <laughs> Honestly, I think that the reason I don't, I don't really struggle with that anymore. And I used to do the same thing. I honestly think it's just a gradual, gradually removing those things and replacing them with healthy things. The healthier you get, the more your body rejects food like that. Like I would just feel like such trash if I, if I ate that, and not in like a guilt way, in like a physical way, like stomach ache. Oh, no, I, I feel like trash. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on the I'm on the toilet like an hour later. Yeah, so, I don't know. I guess working that out of your routine i mean there's obviously tricks you could tell Fran to stop buying oreos and <laughs> and she's like i don't buy them for you i buy them for the kids yeah but i'm home most of the days <laughs> <laughs> so but no anyways um i i do have i do have a question for you uh because my uh my dad um he, he actually just i just got off the phone with him and he goes he goes yeah i'm running the store i'm buying uh some some vegetables and whatnot. And I said, Oh, that's cool. He goes, yeah. He goes, we went and got our haircut. Uh, and Becky, his, his, his haircutter, our, our stylist, barber, whatever. Uh, she, her and her husband like lost significant amount of weight, uh, since January. Uh, and, and they said, well, it's this diet where you only eat vegetables one week a month. And, and it kind of just like, resets your your gut biome and all that and i and like it was this whole article he, he actually just sent it to me I, i'm gonna take a, a look at it and he goes it really is working for them it's you know obviously you're you're eating vegetables uh and and just straight up vegetables which is your whole food you know it's it goes back to your your thing but you eat them strictly for a week and then you know the the, the following three weeks you don't eat like an asshole um but you you know, you, you can enjoy, you know, meat and things like that, but you keep it that, and they've been doing it now since January and they have lost significant weight. Uh, it's been like six pounds a, a month almost, uh, this couple. And, and they were like, you know, this is, this is amazing. And now obviously 
these people were, you know, and, and I'm saying these people, including my parents, are not the healthiest eaters to begin with. So anytime you introduce healthy, you know, uh, lifestyle into your, your, your life, you're going to drop significant weight, right? Like if, if you or, or I were to go ahead and eat this, we're probably not going to lose six pounds, um, you know, and, and go that route. But I was wondering, like, what's your take on it? Yeah, and they and they've been trying it, and my dad already has lost. They 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 started on Monday. He has already lost five pounds. Yeah, so I love this topic, and just for those listening who are interested in like the postpartum um, part of this, and we'll circle back to that. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna circle back. But anything that I'm saying about this, we're talking about you know nutrition right now. It's the same if you're postpartum pregnant or normal human. Um, so it all applies because people ask me like what to do after to get your body back. The same things you were doing before. Like I said, did, did you look like that before? You're not going to look like that after. So I changed nothing from being pregnant to postpartum to now about my lifestyle. So what you need to do postpartum is what you need to do, period. Um, so anyway, we can circle back there. But I love this point. So you said you said an interesting word um, about the, the people, the hairdresser and husband. You said it's working for them. So what defines working, right? Working is, in this case, for them losing a lot of weight. It sounds like they had weight that they needed or wanted to lose. So that is working. Um, the problem with that is anything that you want, you have to want it forever, when it comes to health and fitness. And that can go for um, wanting to do a 24 inch box jump, wanting to be able to lift a hundred pounds, wanting to have this weight off or get the weight off or keep the weight off. If you want any of these things, you have to be willing to do them for the rest of your life. So it's great what they're doing. I'm curious what happens six, 12, 18 months from now um, because I had this, this client, so I don't, I don't do a lot of, um, one-on-ones, but I, I did this challenge and along with it, I offered consulting. So anyway, I was on the phone once a week with a few women who were doing this challenge to check in and give them advice on how to go. So she said something interesting to me. She said, you know, I just, she's kids and works full time and is just so busy. And, you know, I'm just, I just want to get this weight off so that, you know, I, it's just one more thing off my plate that I don't have to worry about. I'm just so stressed. I have so much going on. And I was like, so I literally said, so when this weight comes off, then what happens? And she kind of figured out what I was getting at. She was like, oh, I have to keep doing it. It's like, yeah, like the, the challenge that I was running was called the Live Epic Lifestyle Eight Week Challenge. It was about implementing habits that will stay forever because that's the only thing that works. Diets right. do not work. Um, doesn't matter what it is. Yes, it works maybe in the short term. Um, like you said, if you were eating any, if you're making a drastic change to your, to your diet, especially if you have weight to lose, lose, it is so easy to lose weight. You can eat vegetables for a week. And, and then if you average that out with your month on average, essentially they're probably in a caloric deficit, not to mention they're eating a lot of vegetables, which is great because they're also getting the micronutrients. Uh, so that's actually, I like that. But the same personal, a, a different person can give you a different book on the carnivore diet and only eating meat. And if they did that, they'd lose weight also. 
but it right. doesn't really matter uh, unless it's something that they plan on doing forever. Now, the one thing that I do like about diets, like what am you gonna say? Cause you know, I hate diets. Um, I don't like the word jumpstart, but it's, they're useful to learn something from, to glean something that you can implement into your lifestyle permanently. So say these people, they're eating vegetables for a week and then they're eating you know, normal for three weeks. But then after six months, they're tired of doing that. But maybe all of a sudden they start working more vegetables into their normal life or those vegetables are replacing something else. Now that was useful. Um, so that's one reason diets are useful. Like I hate macro counting and all that. But if you've never counted a calorie, counted a macro, you have no idea how many calories are in a banana. You have no idea that a banana is a carbohydrate. It might be useful to someone for a month to learn about and count their macronutrients so they understand what they're putting in their body. And if they could take that information into an intuitive eating, just normal eating, what their body needs and craves in a healthy way, I mean, I'm talking like protein, I'm not talking like Skittles, um, then it is useful. So <clears throat> that, that's, that's a really good point. And, and I think when, when you said, um, you know, when you see a picture of abs, you know, you think of uh, discipline, what was the hard work and restriction? Yeah. Restriction. I think, I think, I think the, the best way to, 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 you know, rephrase everybody's thinking is to go ahead and say, when you see a picture of, you know, Cassidy's abs, right. It should just say consistency. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what you, that's what you embody, right. You embody consistency overall, whether it's eating, whether it's working out, whether it's any of that, like I can go ahead and tell you, um, I was, I was, I was like, man, I, you know, I, I talked to you about it. I want to, I want to work out. I want to do more. And then, you know, life gets in the way, just like everybody says. Uh, but I could tell you right now, when I talk to you, life gets in the way, but you still find time to do it because you're consistent with eating healthy and working out. And yeah, there's probably one or two days that you will, you know, come across and you're just like, I don't fucking feel like working out. I'm not going to do it. And you, you take that day off because you know your body that well. Um, right now I'm, I'm at, I'm at three days, four days, no, four days that I haven't even done anything. And I'm just like feeling lazy as shit. Okay. I have something to say about that. So what was I just thinking? So what did you just say? You move every day. I just had a brain fart. Uh, yeah, I said, I said, yeah, I said, I said that you, I know I, any, any day of the week, I can go ahead and say Cassidy's working oh. out and eating healthy. Consistency. Sorry. Yeah. That's yeah. So yeah. Consistency to me still is associated with discipline. So, and at first that may, it may take that, like at first somebody, like I said, if they're not used to eating ground beef and rice, I'm just using that as an example. Cause I think some people are shocked that I eat that much food. Um, that might take discipline at first and you might need to do that discipline to have that consistency to make it a lifestyle. So if you're interested, the, the things that I tracked and I did the Live Epic Lifestyle Eight Week Challenge, it was like a, you know, January start of the year thing. I'm actually yeah. up with a new one starting in June, a little plug. It's not out yet, but it'll be a four week Live Epic Lifestyle, four week challenge. And it's all about... <clears throat> Habits that cause lasting change is the, is the tagline. So it's like the anti-diet. It's literally gamifying, tracking healthy habits in hopes that they will remain part of your lifestyle. So here's what 
I would do. This is it, guys. This is the secret to health and longevity. I'm going to try to I was down. So as far as nutrition goes, uh, protein. You, If you're going to track anything or at least loosely track, not even numbers track, but be conscious of it's it's protein so that's the one thing that will have just a vast impact on your body composition if you're under eating protein and then you eat enough protein or even maybe a little extra that will automatically cause your body composition to change there was some study i don't i i don't know what journal or whatever is in but i remember reading it one time and there was like two groups one group all they did was increase protein um and everybody lost weight they didn't change anything. They didn't change anything else about their diet, their exercise routine. All they did was increase their protein intake and they lost weight. So protein is just super, super, super important. Um, and if you're going to track anything, take track how much protein you're intaking every day, I recommend. And again, this is not um, uh, disclaimer, not medical advice, not I'm not a nutritionist, not nutrition advice, but just the easiest way to think about it math wise for me is a, a gram per body, body pound of body weight. So I'm 145 ish pounds. I want to aim for that much protein a day. And if people stop and think about that and then they keep track of it one day, it's hard to eat that much protein. It's a lot of food. So, um, you can, I mean, the, if you Google like the general recommendations, it'll be slightly less than that, but I don't know. An adult human should probably at least a hundred grams is, is safe for everybody. Um, again, that's not medical advice. Uh, so, um, protein. The second thing we keep track of is water. One of those little things that um, everybody, or not everybody, a lot of people overlook. And the recommendation on that is a little bit, um, I don't know, I think that could be a little bit different from everyone. Like I live in Southwest Florida, so I need a lot more than someone else might need, but I, I would say drink. Oh, there we go. Drink a lot, you know, a big container like that and give yourself a goal. And then this is what I did with my challengers. Some people were like, this amount is just ridiculous. I'm peeing every two seconds. It's like, all right, well, take it down a half a liter and see how that is. And, you know, you shouldn't need to pee five times a, a, an hour. So find what's what's right for you but it's probably something that's a little bit of a reach from what you would naturally do shouldn't have to say this but water is what we're made up of it's super important for so many systems in our body to be running smoothly it's like the oil i guess to a car so they do for cars so lubricant yeah it's the lubricant yes it's the lube exactly literally uh, okay we checked a protein water what was the other thing for nutrition? Oh, I, I think I had vegetable intake on there. Oh, yeah, I had people eat a, a vegetable with every meal, three times a day, three servings. So, or if you skipped it at breakfast, maybe a couple extra, because I know it's hard to eat vegetables at breakfast. But So, so I, I have a question here. You've, you've talked a lot about vegetables, right? And, and I, I mentioned that vegetable thing that my parents are going to do and, and that their friends are doing. What, what do you what do you have against uh uh fruits oh nothing absolutely can can so so can i can i go ahead and eat a lot of fruit and 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 be healthy and lean and all those great things yeah nothing wrong with fruit love fruit um i mean just understand that it's um 
Chicago. High in sugar. No, I don't. Even, I don't even think that's an issue. It's just I'm trying to balance my phone, but also have a charger. I'm gonna have to hold it. Um, I'm. I hate to say this because I, I last thing I want people to do is be afraid of carbohydrates because that is also I think a huge issue. People are afraid of carbs, and there's nothing wrong with carbs. You need carbs, especially if you're strength training and doing conditioning in such a way that you want your body composition to change, you're going to have to also fuel with carbs, but they are carbs. So if you're trying to balance your day between the three um, macronutrients, be aware of that. You said of eat fruit all day long. I mean, have some fruit every day. Sure. But mass quantities, you're probably going to have diarrhea anyway. So your body will tell you. <laughs> really? Yeah. You ever eaten like that. a whole bag of grapes? No. Okay, don't do it. No. Um, okay. Yeah, nothing wrong. With I, I I just nothing wrong. With I go food. back. I go the back. The reason to, I say vegetables wait. is because I think we undereat vegetables, and I undereat vegetables too, because the truth is, I don't even want to say this because people are not going to eat. Like, you don't really need vegetables. It's like your goal is to have a six pack. You don't really need vegetables to get there. In my opinion, you need protein and carbs to get there, and that's it. But they're important for so many reasons: fiber, um, micronutrients, in stuff like that. So I think it's important to try to work them into to every meal for those reasons. So. Um, and and now, real quick, real quick, the 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 fruit aspect of things. Uh, you remember? I, I think were you up there when we did we did like an epic retreat up at uh, Joe's farm. No, that was, in, I wasn't even, no. uh, I didn't even know what Epic was then. Oh, oh, that was P-E or B-E before Epic. Yeah. Um, but so uh, he, he had, he had this guy who, who, who went up, I think his name was Danny, who went yes. up there and he was up there at the same time as us. And Joe only let him eat apples. You can eat as many apples as you want a day, but you can only eat apples. Yeah. You can't eat anything else. Well, that's the same thing with lost. your friends and the vegetables. You make any dramatic change to your diet, then your body will change. Yeah. And at that point, that guy, you know, he was like four or 500 pounds or something like that. So yeah. he definitely had weight to lose. I don't think that's the healthiest way to do it, but that wasn't really Joe's <laughs> philosophy. Yeah. 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 So anyway, for the challenge, the things that I would keep track of, for your, just your lifestyle, protein, water, vegetables. And then for movement, what we tracked is epic workouts and steps. So you said a few minutes ago, you said something about like, can you achieve my body composition or something similar to it by just working out three times a week or something like that? And I would three, say three to four times a week. Yeah. yeah. That with the caveat of you have to move every single day doesn't mean you have to do a hard workout every single day, but on those days that you're not doing a workout, on every day I would walk, but especially on those days you're not doing a workout, I would go for a, a walk because it's our lives are so sedentary these days that even if you work a desk job and then you do my 45-minute epic class, but if you literally are not doing anything else but walking around your house or your office, it's going to be really difficult for you to – I like to say change your body composition rather than losing weight because there's lots of different ways for that to go. Um, you're you're not going to change your body composition quite so much because your 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 body will be I don't know processing things more. Yes, burning more calories, but I don't want to think of it that way. It's more of like a become more of a well-oiled machine if you're always moving. Okay. Okay. And now and now to circle back 
to you know postpartum and things like that there there actually were uh some questions that people asked you on instagram um i don't know if there's any more but i don't want you to screw up the video yeah exactly i'd have to go out of here yep um so so there was one that said what are things you can do pre and during pregnancy to prepare for a faster recovery yeah post -pregnancy? i love this question so remember a little while ago i said the things that we're talking about apply to pregnant you. people postpartum and everyone yep. so the same things that you want to do postpartum are the same things that you probably should already be part of your lifestyle so the, to answer that, I would say the things that you do before you get pregnant to help with pregnancy and after is a fitness regimen, which is going to involve uh, strength, mobility, and I'm going to put conditioning last. So strength and mobility are probably tied and, and conditioning. Conditioning is important and great for the heart, but strength and mobility, are, I'd say, are much more important things in the grand scheme of things. And like I also said earlier, I always say this, anything that you want, you, you want to have, or you want to be able to do, you, you have to be able to do that and want that forever. So for example, that's the Epic's entire philosophy. Our movements focus on performance rather than um, aesthetics. And we do that through always working agility, mobility, stability, strength, and conditioning. And so those are great things to always be working on day to day. Hello. Um, is is that is that is that the one and only? Yeah, Alex, you want to say hi? It's a podcast with Jeremy. Sure. Um, so you have to always be working on those things. So those are the things that I would suggest that you're working on before pregnancy, because pre birth is the greatest. What's up? Hey, man. How are you? Good. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, we haven't had you. you on in a while. I look love it. Fancy I, I know, dude. Yeah, you've come a long way since your days I, in New York. Know, I'm <laughs> that's awesome I'm, I'm a big hitter now you look good um I'm, I'm trying i'm trying yeah so a pregnancy or birth is the biggest athletic event of your life if you haven't heard that yet so those you're going to want to train like an athlete and you're going to want to be strong um mobile um agile and and those are the things that are going to help you recover after so um, that's a big reason where, why I was able to, we're going to have to come up with a different term, recover, right? Not bounce back is recover doing all the same things and my body had muscle memory from doing. And it's not like I ever, I was doing them all the same throughout pregnancy, less, less intensity, less, less impact, intense. Yeah, but all the same things. I just got that for you. Um, less, yeah, the, all the same things and the, your body will remember them, uh, right after as well. So the, yeah before you should always be working on those things the, uh, to be more specific i mean epic interval training you could um do a program like that i'm going to be coming out with programs uh, coming up hopefully this year surrounding more specifically um i don't know if it'll be preconception probably well pre preconception program would be just the normal program um but pregnancy and postpartum programs uh that just have Ooh. yeah that's a big project of mine this year People will, yeah, that you'll be able to, I mean, these workouts basically just need different modifications, but to me, they're great lifestyle workouts. Um, so before it's, it's we got a lot of, a lot of like firsthand things coming out here. You're, you're, you're spilling the beans on a lot of things. I know, I, like I know. Exclusives here on the instant journeyman podcast. I know exclusive. So 
Yeah, I, I would a, a decent strength and conditioning program where you're always working on those things. They'll prep you for pregnancy, and that's a, another point is that you know you don't want to get pregnant and then start working out or strength training for the first time. That could be challenging, um, but they say it, you know anything that you're doing before is safe to continue during during preg do during pregnancy. So it's actually best to think about that preconception start getting in a workout machine and feeling strong, entering these ranges of motion. Um, so a program like Epic is, is perfect a few times a week along with walking. And like I said, I recommend that to someone preconception. Same thing I would recommend to anyone. And before we get to the other question, uh, I wanted to ask you uh, one of my own is, if so, Epic has a seven day a week program or six usually, and then the seventh is like a recovery day or whatever. I kind of nixed that um, whole mobility day, but some people do it. Oh, you did? Okay. Okay. So there's six. All right. If you said, hey, these are the three classes you have to do in order to get the most benefit, would you go ahead and change that every week? Would you go ahead and say, do these three the first week, these three the second week? And then keep alternating, or would you just go ahead and say, no, 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 you got to do, you know, uh, the the tone class. You got to do the yeah. strength class. Yeah, that's a great do, question. You know. I actually get this question a lot from people just joining. I still teach live on Zoom every single day. By the way, you just need a kettlebell. You're welcome to join me. It's all levels. But uh, I get this question a lot because we have these different workouts. Like like Jeremy said, every day of the week we have performance interval, cardio interval, strength interval, uh, endurance interval core interval, combination interval, and coach's workout. So that's why I've kind of replaced a coach's workout every week with the mobility interval right now. But um, they all focus on – so we don't change our focus of the workout by, like, upper body, lower body. I could go on a whole tangent about that. I hate that whole leg day thing. Um, I think it's pointless and stupid. But You do you do full body every day, yeah. just different Yeah, so we're, we're varying day to day is our intensity – and our, our focus. So for example, on performance interval, we focus on uh, dynamic movement. It's our most like athletic based, even though all our workouts are way more dynamic than a lot of other programs. That's going to be our most athlete athlete based. You're going to get equal parts, strength and conditioning. Cardio interval is our one hit class a week, all high intensity, super high heart rate, strength interval, the opposite. We want to go slow, lift as much weight as we have a lot of time under tension. If it's body weight, um, stuff like that. So, and so on and so forth. I won't describe every one, but so I get that question when people join, like, if I can only join three a week, what would you do? I would do strength interval. Number one, strength interval. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for my pad of paper so I can write it down. <laughs> See, I learned things here. Strength interval. performance interval and I'm really just naming my favorites I guess and endurance and any of those can be inter not any of those if I were to give an alternate for like that third one endurance it also a combination interval would be appropriate because it's and the reason for that is like I said what you want in pregnancy postpartum and anyone in life is strength mobility and um conditioning conditioning i didn't say cardio interval because the other classes you will get some conditioning and 
cardio interval is like super is our most high intensity class and it's it's great and that will be the most cardio but you'll get it in the others and i think strength is a little bit more important so like i said anything that you want you have to do it forever right and and now the 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 last question and and then we'll wrap it up because we're a little over an hour now um but when we cut out your your mishap there it might be a little less than an hour but we'll we'll, we'll be around an hour okay. um and uh core work our core work after pregnancy pregnancy what to avoid and then what is safe and i think that's a great question because I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of friends that have had C-sections, and then I know a lot of friends that have had natural, and I, I, I hate to say natural birth, but I guess it's vaginal. natural birth, right? Vaginal. So vaginal, vaginal this birth. is a very um, flip-flopped term. Vaginal means the baby came out of your vagina. Natural means you use no drugs. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um so, so I know that people that have a C-section, they have a very tough time with their abdominal muscles, um, you know, post-pregnancy or post-birth. Uh, so obviously the question here is going to have two answers. It's going to have answers for people that had vaginal birth and then people that have had, you know, C-sections. So okay. let's, let's hear it. Yeah. So first of all, Disclaimer, this is an area I'm still educating myself in. So just because I'm a trainer and just because I'm, I had a baby doesn't mean that I have all the information on these topics. In fact, since it's something that I'm increasingly passionate about, women's health and, and um, the maternal world, it is something that I'm currently educating myself on as I aspire to create programs surrounding this. I want to have uh, more education surrounding it beyond my own experience. So. I don't have specific exercise. I'm not going to go by specific exercises, C-section versus, oh, nice. I like that. C-section. I just got it, so I want to show. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> C-section versus vaginal birth. But I'm going to start off by saying the most annoying thing, but I like that I'm repeating things because hopefully they'll darn stick in people's mind. The same things with a big caveat coming up. The same things you want for your core postpartum are the same things you want for your core at any time of life. Now, you had major trauma, and in the case of C-section, major surgery. But in both cases, major, major trauma. What do you do after you were in a car accident? Do you, and you broke your leg, do you think, okay, what leg exercises do I need to get my legs back working? and strong, right? No, you say, what rehab do I need to do to heal my leg before I can strengthen it? So you were worse than hit by a car in, in a lot of cases, as far as like your state after, ha I'm serious, right. after having- Internally, yeah. yeah. Um, after having a baby. So don't think exercise, think rehab. Um, I don't currently have a program, so I will recommend the one that I did. It's by BirthFit. Okay, it's called Postpartum Basics, and it's a great, it's it's for appropriate for post four, I believe four weeks you could start it at, because at, I mean, four weeks, I mean, up until four weeks, for the majority of people, it's going to be like a lie-in period, just literally recovering and just letting things relax and heal. And then it's about rehab, and this program, which I think is appropriate, um, there's two aspects, there's there's breathing and then there's rehab exercises, we'll call them. 
but breathing is something that I totally overlooked. I'm still learning a lot about. I just recently worked with a pelvic floor physical therapist for the first time, I guess like four months ago, where I learned a lot because I was having trouble really understanding diaphragmatic breathing and my pelvic floor and how that all works. And again, in educating myself, I like to, you know, pay experts to teach me and experience it. So breathing, breath work is really important to get that all back in order and, and rehab exercises. So it's going to be very small it's going to be like rehab. If you're going to physical therapy after an accident, it's going to be stuff like that. So after that, so like I said, that's the big caveat. Okay. It's not the same. I said, right. you know, it's the same before and after. Aside from that, after you've gone through the rehab portion, the exercises that you want to do for your core are the same that I would recommend for anybody. Squats, deadlifts. <laughs> um, so if anyone is unfamiliar with my philosophy about the core, the core uh, best core exercises are not uh, crunches and mountain climbers. They are um, full body movements. So your core is not here. It's here to here, here to here, and everything works together. So your core supports your spine. Oh, no. Just wrote on my shirt. Anytime your spine is straight, your core is supporting your spine. So movements like squats and deadlifts, your spine is supposed to be pretty straight, pretty neutral, then your core is going to be supporting you, especially if you're holding load for those movements. And then there's, of course, a lot of exercises that you could do prone and supine. So like on your hands, on your front side plank or on your backside laying down like hollow bodies and stuff like that. Those are more like gymnastics. And I would say if you're in the plank position, strength oriented exercises that are going to be very full body, but you're obviously you feel your core a ton in those. So in my classes, we do a lot in every class, pretty much you'll have those bigger compound movements, squats, deadlifts, lunges, variations of those. You're going to have things that are prone and supine. You're going to have those plank variations and laying down variations of hollow bodies, dead bugs, things like that. And in my classes, you have three levels to every exercise. So you're going to, what I always say is choose the level where you have the most integrity, not the one that you think is the hardest. A lot of people skip right to level three of a hollow body and they look in a mess when they should be in a dead bug because they'll get way more out of it. So yes, big compound strengthy movements along with some more gymnastic and we'll call them gymnastic movements, though like more planky and hollow body E on your back. I, I want to say, so when, you know, you said you were into CrossFit for a while and, and then you, you know, discovered epic and and you're a full firm believer in epic and i I mean i agree i think it's it's a great program uh, as well um i was probably in the best shape of my life when i was doing epic um so i i I hear that uh what i did want to ask is you know you see crossfit and most of these crossfitters are just ripped and it's because they're doing big movements like that. Is, is that right? It's because yeah. they're doing the squats, the deadlifts, and they're doing it heavy. And they're, they're, I mean, most, most CrossFitters are just ripped at the core. You don't see them doing crunches too much. So I, I think, is that, is that safe to say it's because yeah. they're doing those big movements? Absolutely. And, and, you know, heavy They weight. do, you know, it's, it's a strength and conditioning program and not a bad one. The only reason a lot of people, and I might give it a bad rap is because it's, it's so widespread that there's not a high level of, coaching and there's not a high level of, um, there's not a great point of entry for people there since there's not a high level of coaching. A lot of people coming in off the streets, aren't given the proper 
I'm going to say starting place. They call them regressions, whole other tangent. But yeah, of course, strength. What people don't understand is especially to get core, if they aspire to have a six pack or something like that is abs are that abdominals, just speaking about that down there is a muscle. And it's a muscle you need to build in order to be visible. And you're going to have to add load and to do that. So you have to strength train heavy and not be afraid of getting bulky, which is another eye roller. I had a, a DM yeah, just yesterday that. Uh, that said it was a video. It was a video of me working out and I'm wearing my, you know, my short shorts per use. And it said, like, how, how do I get your legs, I, every time I lift weights, my legs just get bulky. It hurts me. I mean, it's so frustrating, but it's, I shouldn't be so frustrated because it's just, people just don't have the, the knowledge and it's, it's pretty simple. But basically I told her that, you know, I'm five, nine and it's my genetics to have these long lanky legs. <laughs> and, um, I told her there's nothing wrong with gaining muscle on your legs and, that it was it was pretty short like that but yeah you can't be afraid to to do some strength training to get those at core i love it so to wrap things up you are back in the race world and coming for everybody uh i'm kidding <laughs> and yeah there you Ow. go uh, and you are still breastfeeding and uh and you know, enjoying motherhood, right? Yeah. Is there any last words that you want to give everybody before we, uh, we end it? Um, I guess I could just review what I have coming up. Yes, please do. Um, and, and then we will, we will, what do you call it? End? Uh, well, no, well, we won't end. Well, we will end it, but we'll also plug it in, oh, in gotcha. posts and whatnot. Um, so, I mean, races coming up, which aren't all that important, but if you're there, maybe reach out and say hi. I'm going to be at DecaFit in West Palm coming up next weekend, not this weekend, but the following, and then High Rocks um, in Austin, Austin. The 22nd, and then I think, I'm pretty sure in June, the High Rocks U.S. Championships, which is in um, Chicago. Other than that, we so program, or Epic, I teach daily on Zoom, and... If the, you cannot make the live classes, the recordings are available. I have plenty of people who just do the recordings. It's the best on-demand you'll have, way better than Peloton or Chris Hemingworth's app or anything like that. So uh, you can. I'm, I'm guilty. I, I got I got Chris Hemingworth's were you app. That was really like two years two years ago. Um, I I wasn't disappointed. It just it wasn't what I thought it would be. It's 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 decent. I'm not gonna downplay. It's decent. It's got a lot of information. It's just too busy. And it really doesn't like, I thought it'd be more customizable because that's what it like kind of toted a little bit. And, you know, you, you can only basically pick from like three different things and then you can interchange things. I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't like it. It was too busy for me. Okay. Well, with my classes, you'll get feedback. Even if you're watching the recordings, I get this all the time. Like people are like, well, I want to be coached, but I can only watch the recordings. And 
trust me, the things that I'm saying to the people in the live class are the things that you need to hear. Too. You're doing. Everyone makes the same yeah. mistakes. So I've heard that from people that take them. They're like, oh, yeah, like, no, I, I take your, you know, what you're saying all the time because everyone does the same stuff. So anyway, I teach every day live on Zoom. You're welcome to join. New program, programming starts every month. So the seven classes we talked about, six, seven classes, we run, it runs monthly. So you could always see your progress throughout the month. And then we do new, new programs. So it, it's a great time to join in the beginning of the month, although you could join whenever you want. And in June, I'm starting a, another Live Epic Lifestyle four-week challenge. So that'll be in conjunction with my Zoom membership. So um, be looking out for that and follow me on uh, Instagram at Epic Cassidy for that. Awesome. Well, I, I, I do thank you. I, I, you know, I always enjoy talking to you. I always enjoy seeing you. Likewise. Um, this is nice. And uh, we, I, I know that we say we have to get together. I fully plan on, uh, Fran and I plan on going down to Florida at some point and, you know, making the rounds and seeing everybody. So uh, I, I, I do plan on that hopefully this summer. Okay. Um, we'll be here. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll get something going on. And then, uh, you know, I'm sure that you're going to win two belts because this episode was great and you're going to have a lot of people listen. So. I will I will share it with you so you can do the swipe up feature and all your jazzy stuff. Oh, so jazzy! Because you're kind of a I'll you're put a big some, hitter. Some cool gifts um, on there. People won't be able to resist yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, like like uh, Samantha just sent that to me while we were talking, so I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm gonna do that. So nice. That's uh, that's what it's gonna look like. Yay! It's awesome. All right. Thanks for having so, me again. All right. Yeah, absolutely. It was fun. And I think I think people will listen to this and they'll learn. And, and that's that's my goal with these podcasts is to be consistent and to have good material. And I think that uh, you are a good material giver. Oh, thank you. I guess. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I'll talk right, to you later. Bye, Today's episode is brought to you by Superfreshies. Superfreshies are superior superfood refreshments that are completely guilt-free, delicious, and nutritious. It's 100% plant-based, 100% superfoods, 100% clean and natural, with only two grams of sugar. Go check out superfreshies.com and order your bars today. And thank you to realsharpknife.com. That's where you can get your customized Japanese chef knives, professional knife sharpening, and Japanese natural sharpening stones. So whether you need to chip, chop, dice, hash, julienne, or mince, Go to realsharpknife.com. Don't forget to use promo code BLOWOUT10 for 10% off at checkout. And VitFit Keys, where you work like a dog, sweat like a pig, and end up looking like a fox. So give Melissa a shout at VitFit Keys today. For all your concrete restoration needs, make a concrete decision and give Jim or Scott a call at SaberCon. Do you need to eliminate the headache of shopping, cooking, and cleaning? Improve your life by eating cleaner and freeing up time for the things that really matter. Eat Right Foods provides a huge assortment of high-quality foods with easy online ordering and kitchen-to-door delivery. So go to eatrightfoods.com, the official meal prep partner of the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Sabres.